Welcome to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. Stay tuned for an analysis and conversation about the issues that matter most to you and your family. Here now with this week's edition of News in Focus is Chris Long. We are living in extraordinary times. Uh, This from Governor Mike DeWine as he's been giving daily press briefings from Columbus uh, along with his health director and giving updates about the coronavirus. Last week on this program, we were just beginning to break to you how serious this could actually get. In the space of just eight days, our world has changed radically from what we were experiencing just one week ago. Just the other day, the Dow Jones Industrial, in one afternoon, fell 3,000 points. Uh, Also during that time, the Ohio primary election was suspended, and in the space of just two hours during that same time period, the Stafford Act was all but enacted. These are unprecedented times that we're seeing. Uh, In the state of Ohio, last week, the governor was urging that uh, groups of less, uh, over 100, not gather, and including houses of worship. That has now been reduced to just 50 uh, gatherings. It's not an order. It is a strong suggestion. The governor was on a conference call today, this morning, before his press conference to the state, urging faith leaders to strongly encourage uh, actual uh, going online with their church services, not gathering for health purposes for those who are the most vulnerable among us. We're about to receive a briefing from Congressman Bill Johnson of Ohio's 6th District, but before we do, let's go to the comments made by Governor DeWine in the uh, press conference this afternoon. This is a crisis that you have never seen in your life, and I hope you will never see again in your life. But we have to get through this. And I'm calling on every Ohioan, when you're going into a situation uh, where you have the potential to spread or to obtain this virus, that is very, very dangerous. Uh, This virus is, as we have said, we believe is twice as contagious uh, as the flu. It is 20 times as deadly. It is coming after us. And we have to take whatever action is necessary uh, to preserve lives of the people of the state of Ohio. That was Governor uh, DeWine this afternoon from Columbus. And with us on the phone is Congressman Bill Johnson of Ohio's 6th District, who has been receiving briefings daily for several weeks now on the coronavirus. Congressman Johnson, welcome to the program. Well, you're welcome. Good to be with you. How are you, Chris? Well, very good. Thank you, Congressman, for coming on. And uh, you and I had a brief conversation over the weekend as I was reaching out to political leaders to get an update so that I might be able to understand better as to what is actually happening, both on the federal and state levels. Tell us what uh, you understand about the coronavirus crisis at this time. Well, uh, I, I would urge all of our listeners uh, to take this uh, coronavirus crisis very, very seriously. I, I, I'm very concerned that I hear from too many people, uh, uh, very intelligent people, uh, even some people in the healthcare community that are comparing this to the common flu. You just heard what Governor DeWine said, and he's exactly right. And it's the same thing that the president and the president's task force have said. This is not like the common flu, Chris. This is a much more contagious virus. It is a much deadlier virus. It is not an upper respiratory type virus like the flu or the common cold. It is a lower respiratory virus that attacks the linings of the lungs in the lower lobes where oxygen is exchanged. And in people that are 65 years of age or older, that, uh, that many of whom have compromised immune systems or uh, respiratory ailments, uh, it, is, it is potentially 50 to 70 times more deadly in that age group than it is in other Americans. So, look, we've got to take this seriously. And uh, uh, here's the bottom line, Chris, and, 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 and this, is, this is what I keep coming back to. You will find those <clears throat> that stand on the sidelines and say this is an overreaction. 
Uh, and, and to all of them, I say this. You know, that's easy to say at this point. But we will never be able to measure what did not happen. We will never be able to measure the number of lives that were saved as a result of taking preventative measures. We will only be able to count the number that die. And we want to minimize that. So I urge everyone to follow the guidelines that the president's task force has put out about personal hygiene, limiting exposure, and those kinds of things. Uh, Follow the guidelines that the governor and his team have put out, uh, because this is a very serious crisis. We're talking with Congressman Bill Johnson of Ohio's 6th District, and recently he's been receiving reports on Capitol Hill pertaining to the coronavirus health crisis. Congressman, of course, people have been watching uh, as the president and his team have been addressing this. Last Friday, by all estimations, was a great press conference from the Rose Garden and comforted people a great deal. Talking about the type of medical people and uh, uh, experts that he was bringing together from the private sector, the private sector working conjointly with the public sector to tackle this problem in a full uh, frontal attack uh, to safeguard American lives. The president, of course, has instituted travel bans for weeks now from Asia. I personally witnessed when I was visiting California uh, just 10 days ago that the number one and two uh, import harbors of Long Beach and Los Angeles were all but idle. There were only three freighters out there. They were anchored offshore and they weren't permitted to come shore. My brothers lived out in California in the South Bay for 40 years. He said, I've never seen anything like it. There is normally 40 to 70 uh, ship freighters coming in at any given time. So uh, this is very real to people, and we're seeing in real time things happening. Of course, LAX was very minimal. Uh, he said it hadn't been that light of traffic since nine uh, since nine eleven. We got home. We've now, uh, my wife and I have lived through a 14-day period since we've come home from California in our travels, and uh, we show no signs of uh, illness, and we're thankful for that. Our family, we actually have four healthcare workers in our family. We have one paramedic, two nurses, and one nurse practitioner. They're on the front lines of this, and that's who we want to safeguard and pray for, because they're the folks who are going to be working in the hospitals, and as the pre- as the as both the president and the governor has stated in uh, their health officials in saying, that we need to maximize the healthcare systems right now so that actually they're they're postponing or suspending elective surgeries right now in Ohio hospitals. That has caused some concern. Can you address that? Yeah, and, and that's a voluntary thing. Uh, I actually began to talk to some of our hospital systems early last week about beginning to uh, decrease the volume. I, I had gone to a briefing by the uh, former... Uh, commissioner for the for the FDA, and he said, right now today, uh, and this was a week ago, over a week ago, uh, health systems need to begin decreasing their volume because there is going to be a spike in uh, in hospital admissions uh, as uh, as people contract this virus. And here's the example that he gave. That's exactly what happened in the nation of Italy. That's why there have been so many deaths in Italy, Chris, is because their health care system was overrun. And uh, it's, it's vitally important uh, that, that people who can delay uh, their, uh, their treatment, uh, but, but they need to check with their health care provider. Don't just take my word for it. Yes. Uh, they need to make sure with their health care provider uh, that that it's okay for them to delay treatment. Uh, uh, they need to wait until after this crisis is over for two reasons. One, let's make room in the hospital for those people that have contracted the virus or are being treated for the virus. Number two, let's limit exposure. Uh, because if you don't have the virus and you go to the hospital, you're going to the very place where, where people sick with the virus are showing up, and, and you don't want to be exposed to it. So that, th- those are my thoughts on that subject. 
Also, uh, one of the things that has left us really uh, needing in this country is most of our medical supplies are made in China. In fact, I received reports at the Council on National Policy, a group that was meeting in California, and there was a breakout session talking about uh, 85% of the nation's insulin is made in China. Antibiotics, the majority of antibiotics are made in China. Also, um, surgical medical face masks, almost all of them are made in China. Now, I know that there's been a paradigm shift as of last last Friday, and that's why I'm referencing the president's uh, Rose Garden uh, press conference, bringing the public and private sectors together and ramping up testing in this country. Now, uh, here in Cleveland, the Cleveland Clinic has started a drive-through uh, testing for those who are uh, uh, experiencing symptoms. Uh, they don't want just anyone going there, but they want people that are uh, exemplifying symptoms of what they think is the flu or the virus, and they want them to come in for testing. How is that testing uh, uh, being carried out right now, and what kind of reports are you getting? Uh, is it efficient? Do we need to do better? What's going on? Well, I, I, I think uh, the president would say this, uh, as would Vice President Pence, we can always do better, uh, and we're striving to do better, ramping up the testing. Um, uh, there is information out on my website, uh, www.billjohnson.house.gov, where people can go to with information on how to contact their local uh, county health officials. Uh, but they are the ones that have the information on where the testing sites are. Uh, if you are, and, and they can also, your health provider, your own uh, doctor can tell you whether or not you are uh, one of the people that are exhibiting, uh, ex, uh, exhibiting symptoms uh, of the virus. Uh, so uh, th- that's a work in progress. Uh, the testing is, is ramping up very, very fast. But as a result of increased testing, uh, Chris, we're going to see a spike. Uh, we're going to see a, a vertical escalation in the number of confirmed cases because there are a lot of people walking around with this virus right now that are asymptomatic and they don't even know it because some people don't even develop symptoms. Yes. It depends on their age and their health. This is a this is a very tricky virus. That's what makes it so hard to combat. Some people don't know they've got it. Some people get it and they feel like they've had a cold. Uh, others get it and they die. And and that's what makes it so difficult. One more final point, though, on uh, because I think you raised a, a really good issue about all of our medical equipment. Uh, so much of our medical equipment, even our pharmaceuticals that are manufactured in China. This has been an eye-opener to the American people and to leaders both in the private sector and in the government sector about how dependent we became as a nation on places like China to provide our, our essential uh, uh, equipment. And, uh, and I can tell you, that's a big topic of conversation in Washington. It's going to be an even bigger conversation as we work our way through this. The president just today, you may have heard, uh, enacted the Defense Production Act. And uh, that, that is so that it gives wide-ranging authority to uh, direct the manufacturing of critical supplies uh, to certain uh, uh, segments of our uh, defense production industries. So you're going to see uh, absolutely a surge in the production of personal protective equipment for our healthcare workers, for masks, for uh, uh, for uh, uh, ventilators, and those kind of things. We're talking with Congressman Bill Johnson of Ohio's 6th District. We are getting a briefing update on the corona virus health crisis. Congressman, also from Columbus today, the uh, health director uh, basically was reporting that they were aware of cases in Ohio since January. They understood that there were flights that were coming in from China that had not yet been uh, curtailed and that there were individuals that came and landed in Ohio and that they were quarantining a number of those people. That was not that was information that was not available until today. 
that was a little bit of uh, shaking to, to realize. And I had on my Facebook uh, page last night a blog running when I talked about a friend who exhumed uh, symptoms back in uh, late January, early February. He talked about a dry cough, aching, headaches. He wasn't nauseous. Uh, he was sick, and his daughter, who lives with him for about three weeks, he did get over it. Now, we're not saying he had coronavirus. He wasn't tested for it. Then a number of people started weighing in, talking about similar symptoms, not the flu, not the upper respiratory infections that you get with a cold or flu normally, but more of this deep cough, aching, headaches, uh, fever, that kind of thing, and f- and great fatigue. Uh, and there was a number of people that were willing to talk about it, friends on my Facebook page. Now, we're not saying that that was coronavirus, but it was very interesting. And now to learn from the Ohio Department of Health, she stated today that they were aware that this was on the ground here in Ohio since January. Your thoughts on that? Well, you know, it has been an evolving thing. And I think when they found that it was on the ground, they didn't want to incite public panic. And we've learned a lot about this virus since January. Uh, and, and I think they've done everything that they possibly can. And as you know, Ohio has been one of the most aggressive preventative states in the union. Uh, and other states are following Ohio's lead in the kinds of preventative measures that they're taking. So I, I, I have absolutely no problem with the aggressiveness uh, that, uh, that Ohio's director of public health and the governor have taken. Uh, I, I think it's better uh, to be uh, to be overly preventive than to be under preventive because lives are at risk here, Chris, and we need to do everything we can to stop the spread of this virus. We can see on the ground, Congressman, uh, here in the uh, greater Cleveland and Akron area, people are taking it seriously. Uh, there's just a scant staff here at the uh, radio station today, actually. Uh, plenty of parking spaces. It's as if it was uh, a Sunday or a holiday. Uh, people are staying home, working from home if they can. Uh, only those who are going out uh, when they have to. Um, and, of course, the uh, grocers have been great, uh, you know, being uh, basically making accommodating for people. Uh, I was in the stores today, and the initial... Uh, announcements of this did induce panic, and in the urban centers, there was a run on groceries that was uh, alarming to people. And there was other people. Thank God, you know, social media kind of works both ways. It can foment hysteria. It could also bring voices of reason. People saying, you know what? Be considered about those older Americans who may be going the shelves and then they see nothing. So why don't you just calm down, just buy what you need for the week, and make sure that there's plenty left for others who may be going to the store tomorrow morning. I thought, you know, there's those kinds of voices of reason that are also being exemplified in the public as well. Your thoughts on that? Well, you know, Chris, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because, uh, you know, you're, you're the president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. And, uh, and, and, and as a faith-based person myself, um, I'm, I'm a big believer that if we act in faith and fact rather than fear, we will make better decisions. Mm, I have told people, I have told people uh, since last week, uh, this, is a, this is a George Washington 1776 kind of moment. A, an Abraham Lincoln 1861 to 1865 kind of moment. A Theodore, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, Theodore Roosevelt, uh, Franklin Roosevelt, I'm sorry, uh, 1941 kind of moment. A 1963 John F. Kennedy kind of moment. A Ronald Reagan in the 80s with the evil Soviet empire kind of moment. It is a George W. Bush 9-11 kind of moment where clear heads have to rise to the top. And if we base our decisions on faith and on fact rather than fear, we will make much better decisions because there is no nation on the planet that is better prepared to combat this kind of crisis than the United States of America. We will make it through this if we all stand together and we look out for our families and for our neighbors and for those that are more that are that are uh, the least advantaged among us. 
Thank you, Congressman. I appreciate that so much. And we we believe that you're there for such a time as this as well. And it's so good to know from as a faith leader to be able to call you on your phone and to be able to communicate with you and get you to come on the program and talk to the folks. And we appreciate that. And this message. Well, let me tell you what happened this morning at 10 o'clock. Please. At 10 o'clock this morning, I was on a uh, I was on a, uh, a, a video conference line with members of Congress praying for the heart and health of our nation. And uh, so you can better believe that, that there are men and women in, uh, in Washington, D.C., uh, both on the House side, the Senate side, and in the president's cabinet that are praying for uh, our nation, for that kind of faith-based, fact-based decision-making and leadership that we just talked about. And, uh, and, and I tell you, I believe America is, uh, history will write how we respond to this. And I believe that, uh, I believe that our faith, uh, will, will see us through. And that's what history, that's the story history will tell. Amen. And, you know, even as the prayer that we both worked on and getting added to Washington on the mall, uh, FDR's D-Day prayer, he says, some people have said I've asked uh, to call for a special day of prayer. I ask that you stay in a continuance of prayer. And so that's, that's what we need to take is that advice of FDR at this time to stay in a continuance of prayer. I know the president called for special prayer on Sunday, but folks, this is a time that we need to be in season and out of season, we need to be praying and interceding and to be in a continuance of prayer. Congressman— yeah, we are the remnant. We're the remnant. Uh, we're the remnant, uh, Chris, uh, that the Bible talks about. We are those that God said that, uh, uh, that when, when, when Daniel said, if my people—God told Daniel, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves, and seek me, and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will heal their land. We, the believers, in the very God that ordained our country into being, we are the ones that God is calling on right now to seek his mercies and his His help in weathering this crisis. Mm. Without him, we cannot do it. Amen. Well, Congress, we, we, when will Congress reconvene? Have you gotten word on Don't that? Know. Don't know. Uh, I, I can tell you that the Senate uh, is working right now, and, and they are uh, they are expected to pass the uh, the the uh, legislation that the House passed uh, early Saturday morning. They are expected to pass that today, and that will then go to the president's desk. Then they are working on the additional, what is being called the short title for it. And it may turn out to be a different title, but it's called the Business Interruption Insurance Program. Uh, that is that trillion dollar package that you've heard the president talk about to make sure that when we get through this, that we have small businesses across America, that we have restaurants across America that we have airlines and transportation networks and energy grids uh, and that the American way of life is sustained. That's what that is going to be designed to do. And I understand that we, we will likely be called back early next week to, uh, to begin uh, working on the details of that legislation as well. Thank you, Congressman Johnson. We'll be praying for you and thank you for your service to our great state and to our country. And folks, you, if you missed any of this program, you can hear it in its entirety on our website at ohioca.org. And I want to leave you with this from Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Look up and keep faith. God bless you all, and uh, we'll see you next week. Thank you. Almighty God, our sons, pride of our nation, this day have set upon a mighty endeavor, a struggle to preserve our republic, our religion, and our civilization, and to set free a suffering humanity. 
and the soldiers who stormed the beaches of Normandy and the Allied liberation of Europe. On D-Day, all those warriors set out on their mission. President Franklin Delano Roosevelt led our nation in prayer. The D-Day Prayer Project is an effort to add FDR's D-Day Prayer in its entirety at the World War II Memorial in Washington, D.C. This wonderful historical presidential prayer will be a lasting tribute to our World War II veterans. If you'd like to make a contribution towards the effort of adding this prayer to the memorial, go to the website at ddayprayerproject.org. That's ddayprayerproject.org. Hello, I'm Ohio Governor Mike DeWine. We need all Ohioans to help us slow the spread of the coronavirus. For the most up-to-date information, please visit our website at coronavirus.ohio.gov or call 1-833-4-ASK-ODH seven days a week. Furnished by Governor Mike DeWine, aired by the Ohio Association of Broadcasters and this station. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station. And welcome back. As promised, we're going to commence with our pastor's roundtable discussion on the coronavirus and how people of faith in churches are responding and reacting across the state of Ohio. With that, of course, uh, this week, uh, Mike DeWine made the following statement at his press conference the other day when other information more pertinent uh, to Ohioans in a very critical time of the coronavirus, and he made these, this statement. This is a crisis that you have never seen in your life, and I hope you will never see again in your life. But we have to get through this. And I'm calling on every Ohioan, when you're going into a situation uh, where you have the potential to spread or to obtain this virus, that is very, very dangerous. Uh, This virus is, as we have said, we believe is twice as contagious uh, as the flu. It is 20 times as deadly. It is coming after us. And we have to take whatever action is necessary uh, to preserve lives of the people of the state of Ohio. That was uh, Governor DeWine just yesterday as he spoke to Ohioans through his uh, press conference that now is happening almost daily at 2 p.m. Many of you are listening either by way of radio or online to these briefings by Governor DeWine, members of his administration, and the health director, Amy Acton. And of course, on the federal level as well, there's a lot of alerts that are coming down, and these are truly unprecedented times that we are living in. We are facing a global pandemic, the likes of which we have not seen since 1918, the Spanish flu pandemic that killed millions worldwide. The coronavirus, as we announced last week on this radio program, and and wow, what a week it has been since uh, the time in which we had last week in telling you about it. At that time, there were people still doubting the severity of this, uh, this virus and what it might mean. Since that time, world markets have crashed. Uh, there's been restriction on gathering of, of sizes of uh, groups and uh, mobility. There's been a run on uh, groceries at the grocery store. Our world has changed in the sight of just seven days like we've never seen in our lifetime and uh, is like living in a sci-fi movie. But this is real, folks. And we're going to, we're experiencing it together. We're going to get through it together. And here on News and Focus, we're going to give you the kind of information that you need as we advertise that's helpful to your family. Uh, we're going to do that here on News and Focus. And we're going to bring to you government officials to talk to you from time to time, people from uh, the spiritual leadership of our state who are pastoring churches. And that's what we're going to do in this segment. 
uh, as we just had on with us Congressman Bill Johnson, who gave us reports from Capitol Hill and the briefings that he's receiving. Now let's talk about uh, what houses of faith are doing across the state. And, of course, uh, this is a serious time. Many have suspended gathering. And, in fact, uh, the first week, of course, it was a variety of responses of houses of worship across the state of Ohio, as, uh, indeed, there was, uh, you know, it, 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 the first order came down, if you have a gathering of 100 or less, that, you know, if you had 100 or more, maybe you might want not to gather, that those the most vulnerable among us, which are our seniors and those with uh, certain um, uh, conditions, asthmatics and those kinds of things, uh, to protect them and stop the spread of the coronavirus. Since that time, it has now been reduced to crowds less than 50, so a lot more churches have uh, weighed in. With us on the phone is uh, Preacher Dave, and he is from Millward Church of Christ in Howard, Ohio. Also, Pastor John Coates is joining us today, and he's from the Metropolitan Church of God in Christ in Columbus. And also, Pastor Jason Williams, and he is uh, pastoring Church in the Wild in Columbus, Ohio. We're going to talk about what these men and their congregations are doing, and then get some reports from others as well. Gentlemen, welcome to the program. Thank you. Greetings. Hey, thanks for having me. Pastor Dave Jones, let's talk a, a little bit. Uh, you met on Sunday, where some other churches may not have met. You decided, well, we're a rural church, not sure this is going to direct us effectively, you know, immediately. So you took kind of a different approach to Sunday. Tell us about that, and then tell us now what the current status is of your congregation and what you've decided since then. Yeah, uh, we met Sunday. We generally average a little over 200 people. Uh, where we are, and we had about 145 uh, on Sunday morning, so our crowd was still pretty strong, we felt. And uh, after the meet, after our uh, morning assembly, we gathered together as a leadership, talked about our plans, and we left pretty emboldened that we continue to meet to the best of our ability throughout all of this. And uh, a couple of things changed uh, within 24 hours. Um, one thing was uh, President Trump came out and indicated, you know, this desire to have a 15-day to stop the spread uh, mindset. And then we had a local teacher in our area come down with the virus. And uh, so that that for everybody was a bit of a wake-up call, and we decided to disband basically our meetings until uh, April 4th. Okay, again, <clears throat> that's uh, what county are you in? You're in um, what county? Yeah, we're in no Knox County. It's about an hour northeast of Columbus. Okay, and uh, that's Millwood. And so, uh, Pastor John Coach, you were on a conference call this morning with uh, the governor's uh, staff from Faith-Based and Community Initiatives. Uh, that was a conference call with faith leaders across the state. Tell us a little bit about what was on that conference call. Well, what everyone was sitting on the um, edge of their seat here was if the governor was going to make a decision to um, shut down church services. And, and the governor said, no, he would not shut church services down. However, if he was asked of his opinion of what would he do, uh, he said that he personally strongly advises against churches meeting. Um, he says when a church meets, um, you're putting lives in danger. Um, so he certainly it, it emphasized that seniors, um, those that are most susceptible, those that have illnesses um, like diabetes, like heart disease, kidney disease, what have you, those who have weakened immune systems, that they stay in, Not that there's no attempt to come out. He also suggested um, that churches, you know, these are uncharted times, and in churches we need to find um, uh, new ways, if we have to, to communicate and to stay in touch with um, with our constituency bases, such as um, online streaming. So uh, the governor, again, not ordering, but strongly suggesting for reasons of health for churches not to gather. Now this is, again, breaking. I mean, this is... Um, this was a faith-based and community initiatives call. This is faith leaders across the state of Ohio. It was a conference call this morning with those leaders. And again, we're getting daily updates, and we ask you to stay tuned, 2 p.m. each day. On our website, the Ohio Christian Alliance, we have links to both the Ohio Department of Health's website, where you can check in there. We also have a link to the Center for Disease Control on the federal level. And there's uh, important, relative, up-to-date information on both of those sites. 
the Ohio Department of Health has a website as to how many have actually been confirmed cases, how many are under um, medical watch. And, uh, of course, these daily briefings by the governor, his uh, director of uh, health, and uh, his staff are giving relative information day by day. And, of course, uh, the president and his team have been doing the same. So, gentlemen, we'll get there in a minute about just how unprecedented this is. None of us have actually lived through this before. I'm uh, going to be 62 this July. I've never seen anything like this in my life. And uh, I dare say we've not seen anything like this in a country, uh, maybe ever. And uh, n- the only reminiscence is the uh, Great Depression and or the pandemic of 100 years ago in the 1918 uh, pandemic, worldwide pandemic. And that's what we're experiencing right now. We're going to get through this. And that's why um, our faith is more important than ever. And that's why we want to share this, this portion of our program about that. This is not a time to be fearing. It's not a time to uh, be spreading uh, hysteria or anything like that. Panic never helps. Uh, People shouldn't panic, but they do. But we should put our our faith and trust in God at this time. And so uh, we're going to encourage you to do that. We're going to give you ways in which also uh, can build your faith during this time, and actually opportunities for ministry as well. So, Pastor Jason, uh, you made an announcement last weekend. We put it in the uh, email that goes out to our statewide list. There was a pastor in Akron, the Chapel of Akron, Pastor Tim Armstrong, had a video message explaining why six of the chapel campuses would be suspending the face-to-face or in-person gatherings, but that he would continue online. And we actually my wife and I actually viewed the service online. We've been attending the chapels of late, and it was a great message. He said, I was going to interrupt it to give you special messages, but he said, we're in the book of Obadiah, and I'm going to continue. And it actually was interesting because God must have led him to that book because it was very relative to what we're actually living and experiencing right now. But Pastor Jason, your experience on Sunday, what you told your congregation, Church in the Wild, there in Columbus— yeah, we uh, we made a decision early. I think we were one of the first churches in Columbus to kind of make that decision. It was simply um, to do online streaming. We did Facebook Live, Instagram Live, and YouTube Live. And we, then we strongly encouraged members to gather in houses by two or three or four or five and then engage in conversation with us as we talked um, about fear and anxiety and Jesus and how Jesus is the answer to our fears and our anxiety. And um, we've also, um, we're also doing Zoom calls with our church, um, face-to-face uh, conference calls with our entire church. Uh, we, we decided to go online. We, we looked at, at the Book of Acts, and we saw that the church was scattered, but they weren't stopped. And uh, we said, we're not going to be stopped, but we, we might be scattered for a little bit, uh, but the gospel still goes on, and so we're going to figure out every way possible to share the gospel and be the church, um, even if we can't gather together on a Sunday morning. Very good. Uh, you know, and I think what's encouraging as well, your congregation is a younger group of people. You're younger yourself. Uh, yes. I, th- I think you're in the millennial uh, time time period. But you have a group of millennials that are meeting with you. Lots of people have been saying, you know, younger people aren't really taking this serious. Speak to that for a minute. Yeah, I'm I'm uh, barely a millennial. I just barely made made that cut. But yeah, I I think that um, unfortunately, people um, uh, in public spheres sometimes make a voice for others, right? And so often people will say, oh, millennials aren't taking this seriously. The, what we experienced with our church is they took it very seriously, and, and they were um, very active in what we were trying to accomplish as a church, and they've been active in reaching out and helping others yes. and figuring out creative ways to um, just be the church. And they also took it pretty seriously, and we're really thankful. Our core values are you matter, Jesus matters, grace matters, and details matter. And we said to them, hey, you matter. That's why we're moving these services to online, and a lot of them were really thankful for that. So I think, unfortunately, sometimes negativity gets reported quickly, and in our case, we have just an amazing group of people who we're really blessed to have and be able to shepherd, and 
they've, they've been nothing but great throughout all this. That is really encouraging to hear, especially among the young people, and I do believe there will be unprecedented opportunities for ministry in the coming days, weeks, months. We might be in the beginning of what we've been praying for for some time, an actual great awakening. And that's why I think it's imperative that people of faith deepen their faith at this time, that they take that opportunity to really spend time with Jesus, to sit at his feet. So what we encouraged on Sunday through our email is that let's reinstitute the Family Bible Hour, as we won't be able to meet with congregations. Let's take that opportunity to gather the family together, open up the scriptures, pray, read, and worship together, and draw together close as a family, and uh, let God speak to us in that way. Pastor Dave, your thoughts? Yeah, I'm uh, right along with you. You know, when we think about all of the social and political, spiritual battles the Church has faced over the last few years, I really think on a local Church level our greatest struggle has been the busyness of our people. And uh, you think about all the families that are involved in sports, band, community events, vacations, camping, that we've really struggled to keep people focused just on growing their faith because they're too busy. And a lot of times I think the Church has added to that busyness. So this shutdown of entertainment, athletic, and everything else, I think it's a huge opportunity for Christians to begin to focus on on the two most important aspects of their life, their faith and their families. And uh, mm-hmm. so I'm I'm positively looking toward this this is a an opportunity for the church to grow spiritually. Last night we were playing a, a card game and one of my uh, sons said, "You know, this quarantine stuff isn't so bad." sitting around as a family and enjoying one another and taking the opportunity to pray pray and read the bible man isn't that isn't that a beautiful thing that uh, we've lacked in our our christian families for a while Mm. amen amen pastor john coates um tell us about the faith community that you circle in and what has been the response how are folks uh reacting to all this well, one thing that we've tried to do as a church and also through various ministerial organizations is to provide factual information to pastors. Um, so it's getting the core basic information about um, coronavirus, COVID-19, out to out to people. And um, because a, a lot of them don't, a lot of people don't know where to go. Uh, but yet there's some very good information sites that is available, including the state of Ohio special um, website dealing with coronavirus. Yes. Um, the, uh, the, the, the CDC website, is the, the White House issues um, updated information mm-hmm. as well. So getting the pastors accurate information, because there is false information that's floating around the Internet also. The, um, the response that I've noticed from my colleagues, most of us had church on Sunday, but, um, but, but at my church, one thing that we did is we, we gave our seniors a uh, wellness vacation. <laughs> we told them that initially it would be for three weeks and may be extended. Um, and we assigned members to, to, to contact our seniors, and I called them um, um, as well. Um, we, we, it was an opportunity to, um, to, to, to engage our, our leadership team to deal with a situation that, no, um, that, that no, no group in our lifetime has had to deal with before. So what are we going to do? How are we going to adjust? And what if even a more severe um, 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 restrictions are put into place where, where, uh, where church may be ended as far as having services in person, or there's less travel, travel may be prohibited. What will we do as a organization, as a church, as the body of Christ? And and it, it made people think, and we had to have conversation about it. it was good. It was good development for all of us. Um, and 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 we want to make sure that everyone stays healthy because not only is there responsibility, but there's liability um, potentially as well. And um, and from a ministry standpoint, what 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 a better time! I think you hit the word when you said families. In fact, we don't count members; we count families at our church. And um, it 
and we know that if we draw closer to God, He will draw closer to us. And and, and what a wonderful opportunity it is for our families to spend just quality time together, and um, and to get and to get closer to God. And that's what we're encouraging. And and some wonderful things can come out of this um, this great challenge. Absolutely, uh, Pastor John. I so appreciate uh, what you're sharing there, and I know that. Um, you know, you're connected to government officials. You've attended a lot of events and, uh, you know, representing the church at the seat of government in Columbus. And so I think yours is an effective voice back to the church at this time. Are people taking the opportunity to listen into these uh, briefings that the uh, governor is uh, providing each day within uh, the circles that you run, Pastor John? I believe I believe so, but we've sent the links out. We've called each other, that the governor's on. There's a that the the local health department is having, the state health department is having a a a a, a press conference or a session. The attorney, the um, secretary of state is having a press conference. You know, we just we just passed an election date where there was great controversy surrounding having. Um, um, called off the election. It went to court right in Columbus, Ohio, and the and a judge, uh, um, a Democratic judge, uh, uh, approved letting the election day go forward. And I'm I'm really grateful to God that the governor used um, his authority through our state um, director of health to to call that off. My wife and I voted early. And when we voted early, I'm, I'm I'm here to tell you that we voted in unsanitary conditions, where they where uh, where machines were not even wiped off the screens prior to um, making our selection, um, and 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 thousands, if not millions, of Ohioans would have been put at risk, and um, in order to um, the vote. And I think that their their health, their well being, their life. Was was more important than um, than than um, than having an election day um, this this past Tuesday. Well, to, that, uh, that's to right. We further out. that's right. We've seen unprecedented things in the space of one week. It's so hard for folks to really absorb this. I mean, you know, the other day uh, because sometimes my workday is divided into morning and then late in night. So sometimes. I don't get a lot of sleep at night, and I'll take a nap in the afternoon. The other day, I took a two-hour nap. I woke up. The Dow Jones Industrial fell 3,000 points. Um, the Stafford Act was enacted, and the election was suspended in the space of just take. I was. I said, okay, next time that happens, I'm going back to bed. I mean, dear Lord, I mean, we, I've never seen anything like this in my life, okay? So I can understand how— folks are trying to absorb this and it's like when your life is the life of gathering on sunday it's the high point of your life and you're being told we won't be gathering or you should not come that's hard for people to uh wrap their head around isn't it pastor john it is absolutely it's it's it's, it's difficult but we're we you know we're going to have to establish new precedents and then we're going you know how do you make how do you make online preaching effective um, how do you make sure that it's that the uh, that people are logging in and, and have the even the opportunity to give um, and and our prayer request or what have you how can you make that exchange more live interactive and warm hmm. and I'm just looking at it from the standpoint that you know we're going to deliver you ministry to the palm of your hand we're going to deliver you ministry in your bedroom and in your living room and in your family room or your dining room at at, at your kitchen table um, uh, 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 technology allows us to um, transmit our ministry to wherever people are hmm. at whatever time so the the um, it's good practice for the future. It's good practice for now. We're in uncharted territory, um, and, 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 and we really need to get with it. And, and, um, and I think that, that, that God has given us the opportunity to do so. So um, let's do what we have to do so that the ministry continues. Absolutely. Preacher Dave Jones, Millwood uh, Church of Christ. Give it, we just have a couple minutes left. Give us an encouraging word to the folks. Well, I just want to say, you know, if we think about all of the, the bad news and fear, the stock market drops, everything else, 
but ultimately, as Christians, we've got to hold on to the truth that our God still reigns. He's sitting on his throne, and uh, Jesus is coming back. And because of that, you know, we've been preaching for years that people have to get out of the building and go make disciples and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey all Jesus has commanded them. And now, though we can't interact in restaurants and variety of places, we have been sent, and Jesus is still coming back. And so we should not fear, because we have hope, but that should also motivate us to reach out to our neighbors at this prime time, when they're full of fear and doubt. We have the answer for that, and it's Jesus Christ. Mm. Amen. You know, uh, brothers, I thank you for coming on today to discuss so folks can hear from pastors across the state of Ohio. And again, we're talking with Pastor Jason Williams of Church in the Wild of Columbus, and also Pastor John Coates of Columbus, and Pastor Dave Jones of the Millwood Church of Christ in Howard, Ohio. And, you know, folks, this is a time for us to really just latch on to faith in Christ. In Isaiah 41, verse 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. This is God speaking to you. And, you know, claim the promise of Psalm 91, that no plague come nigh thy dwelling. You claim that for your house. You claim that for your church and those who assemble with you. And uh, claim it for your family. Uh, and then let's look for opportunities to reach out to other people, to be a blessing onto them. Let's not be those who hoard uh, the groceries and the products for ourselves, but let's be those who distribute onto others uh, in the name of Christ. Amen, brothers? Amen. Amen. I love it. Amen. Thank you so much for joining me today. And we'll have you back on again because uh, we're going to see this through together and we're going to pray together. And we encourage you to do that. We also encourage you to visit us on our website at Ohio Christian Alliance. Just Google that, Ohio Christian Alliance, or go to ohioca.org. We will uh, give you updated information on the coronavirus, both from the federal links and the state links for the Departments of Health and the Center for Disease Control. Also, if you missed any of this program, you can hear it in its entirety at our website at ohioca.org. Thanks for listening. God bless. You have been listening to News in Focus with your host, Chris Long, president of the Ohio Christian Alliance. To learn more about the issues that matter most to you and your family, visit online at ohioca.org. That's ohioca.org. Thank you for listening. This program is sponsored by the Ohio Christian Alliance of Akron, Ohio.